0: It's time to eat. Get in my belly! Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and if you're looking for a place to make your online wagers, head over to betonline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1. You get a 100% sign-up bonus today. But online.ag, your online sportsbook experts. He is Joe Dolan, one of the superstars at FantasyPoints.com. So, number one, go ahead and follow Joe on social media, at FG underscore Dolan. Number two, go to FantasyPoints.com. It's free right now, or you can subscribe right now at a huge discount because of the virus and everything. Just make sure no matter what you do, you use the code FEAST, all caps, so that you get an extra discount. And by the way, after you do that, shoot me an email, ross at rosstucker.com. If you would like to be in the June Best Ball 10, that's right. The May Best Ball 10 is closed. Today's winners, there are four of them. Robert Ober, who not only signed up for FantasyPoints.com, but he went ahead and had screenshots of rating and reviewing all the shows. Michael Newman, who is also a patron, patreon.com slash rtmedia, and included a 100 flowers order confirmation as well, Paul Edwards, Nathan Manley. So all 10 of you, Robert Ober, Michael Newman, Paul Edwards, Nathan Manley, Jeannie Notch, Mark Ranallo, Anthony Deville, Brendan Cotman, Megan Nussbaum, Austin Barley, Make sure you have a Best Ball 10 account. And let me know what it is. Ross at com, And we will go ahead and we will get ready for the May draft. Everybody else can get ready for the June draft. All you have to do is sign up and submit your Best Ball 10 application, if you will, by signing up at Fantasy Points. I probably should mention I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. By the way, speaking of former NFL offensive lineman, Jeff Schwartz was awesome on the Even Money podcast yesterday. So many really interesting things that we got into. Highly encourage you guys to check it out if you haven't already. The 4th and 15 stuff, home field advantage, et cetera, et cetera. We even talked about hockey a little bit, which was pretty cool. And then Andrew Brandt. Made some really good points about when football may return and the negotiations between NFL and NFLPA on yesterday's Ross Tucker football podcast. Former journeyman offensive lineman at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, The Deal, all of the shows at RTF Podcast, Twitter, Instagram. All right, Joe. So since we just announced the final four entrance into our may best ball 10 draft i wanted to do a little best ball how to today little best ball tutorial best ball tips whatever you want to call it but before we do that i wanted to just take a step back joe off the top of my head i know there's a million different formats and i know there's two quarterback leagues or whatever but off the top of my head, the major formats, is it fair to say DFS, Dynasty, Season Long, and Best Ball? Would you call those the big four in terms of fantasy formats?
1: For sure. And, and the thing that I think is most appealing about Best Ball and why you hear so much about it is – because people are just addicted to drafting. Let, let's be honest. And if you're if you're in high stakes, um, season long, or or high stakes dynasty, or you're a big big roller in DFS, and you want to prepare for the fantasy football season, you know, even if you just want to whip your buddies' butts in the league that you set up with your work friends or your college friends or whatever. The reason people get so into best ball and why I think it's climbing the list of the those big four formats that you mentioned is because it's it's essentially replaced the mock draft. And we I can't remember the last time that I really sat down and decided, you know what, I'm gonna do a mock draft. I've done them for magazines and for radio shows and for for learning purposes, but I can't remember the last time I was sitting around on my couch at 10.30 at night, and I'm a little bored, and I'm like, you know, let's go mock draft. The mock draft is dead, and the mock draft is dead because of best ball. And the reason is because you can – With best ball, you know, you could do big money best ball leagues, but if you're just sitting around, or maybe you're in the passenger seat of a car and you're going somewhere, you're going to visit your in laws for the weekend and you're in the passenger seat, you can do a one, three, five dollar best ball for low stakes, practice your draft for August and September, and end up maybe even winning some money doing that. And It is the best way to play this time of year. I constantly have best ball drafts going. And I know I got off the point a little bit of you talking about those big four formats. But best ball this time of year is number one. And then it's Dynasty. Uh, obviously, DFS in, in May and June, DFS is way down the bottom. Uh, there's, there's really nothing you can do. So, But best ball and dynasty are the two big formats right now. And best ball is is, is important because it helps you get ready for those season-long drafts that are going to dominate August and September. And the best part about them is you can do 10 of them. You can do 100 of them. You can do 1,000 of them. And it doesn't take up your time during the season because you don't have to do anything to the lineups. You just sit it. You you Ron Popeil it. You set it and you forget it. That's all you need to do. Um, And and that's why it's so popular. Um, So best ball, if you're a serious fantasy football player and you're not playing best ball, well, then you're not a serious fantasy football player. Let's put it that way.
0: So just out of curiosity, Joe, I know you like them all. I know you do them all. I I'll just I'll just say my bias right now. My preference is best ball. I love the draft. I love the delayed draft format. I love that I am going to be able to get my best lineup in every week without having to worry about buys, worry about taking guys out, putting me, you know, during the season, Joe. I'm doing a college game on Saturday, I'm doing an NFL game Sunday like I, I just I don't I don't enjoy roster management. I enjoy the draft. I like to draft and then win. That's why I like to do Joe.
1: Well, I think it's a, a nice for somebody like me, I think it's a nice companion piece because Look, with what I do and what we do on this podcast, I need to be into roster management. I need to be into waiver wire. I need to be into setting lineups. I need to be into doing rankings and understanding, hey, I would start this guy over that guy. But there's only so much time. I know you mentioned you're doing a college game on on Saturday and you're you're previewing and watching the games on Sunday. But – there's only so much time in, in in the week, really, for you to set lineups and do wa- waiver wires. And even those of us who are really serious, season-long fantasy players, there have been those leagues where we probably weren't as good as we could have been because we neglected them or we forgot to pick somebody up off the waiver wire. Um, best Ball has really helped offset that. But it, it's a great way to kind of get your fantasy fix in May, June, and July and then meanwhile, it prepares you for your draft in August and September, and then you have more time, if, if you maybe cut down on your season-long leagues, you have more time to invest into those to make sure those teams are as good as they possibly are. So to me, it's a companion piece. I do know there are those people who play only best ball and I get it, but um, I couldn't be doing analysis in season. If I was playing just best ball and all of my teams were just sitting around and I'm just waiting for them to pay out at the end of the season, I need to do my analysis. Um, But for me, best ball is a companion piece and it's really important.
0: So let's get into it um, just in terms of how it's different And you already talked about it. We already kind of know structurally how it's different. But then how does that manifest itself, Joe, in terms of when you're doing the draft? Like what what is the format in terms of how many guys you should take at each position? What's the best way to, in your mind to go about drafting to have the most best ball success?
1: Well, let's let's look at best ball tens and best ball tens uh, obviously is is the draft that you and I are doing here for the feast with the listeners. And it's a 20 round draft with uh, a starting lineup of a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex and a defense. So uh, maybe if you played on the play draft app last year, um, obviously that 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 doesn't exist anymore. Um, there were no defenses, but best ball tens have defenses and it's PPR scoring. So essentially the. The one thing that I would like to say: the bare minimum you should be drafting at a position is double the starting lineup requirement. So if you're if you're uh, you're required to start one quarterback, double that. Draft at least two. One defense, draft at least two. I typically draft only two defenses, and I'll get into that. Um, three wide receivers, draft at least six. Two running backs in your starting lineup, draft at least four. I typically my typical best ball team will include uh, two quarterbacks, five or six running backs, seven or eight wide receivers, two or three tight ends, uh, and two defenses. So that's typically typically what I'll do. Occasionally, I'll draft a third quarterback um, if I don't feel really good about the quarterbacks that I've drafted. Maybe I missed a run. I misread the board. Um, tight ends, I typically like to add a third uh, because the tight end can go into the flex spot, which, which I think helps the flexibility. So um, occasionally I'll draft two tight ends if I end up with somebody like a George Kittle, somebody who I feel really good about as my number one tight end. But I do like to occasionally dabble into the third, especially this year where there are a lot of late round tight ends that I, that appeal to me. I like to draft a third because that goes into the flex spot and it can almost function as like a second wide uh, – another wide receiver. Um, defenses. There have been studies in the past that show drafting three defenses is actually optimal. I never really got into that, and maybe it's a blind spot for me. But it's because what is the one thing about a defense that we know isn't true about all the other positions? A defense is going to be on the field every week. It doesn't matter if they have an injury, two injuries, three injuries, you know the defense is going to be out there. You are not going to completely lose a fantasy defense to injury in the way you can lose a quarterback to injury. So I typically only draft two defenses. Make sure you don't draft them with the same bye week. Um, but I typically only draft two defenses in a best ball. So that's the way I like to go about it. The the true baseline you should be looking at is bare minimum draft double what is required of you in the starting lineup and then build from there. uh, And then, and then build from there in terms of drafting the rest of your lineup and the rest of your bench.
0: Got it. So that I I like that from a position standpoint. What about in terms of, you know, we talk about some of these guys that are high variance. We talk Mm -hmm. about some of these guys, Joe, that, You know, they could really go big, but there's a lot of risk there. Maybe it's injury. Maybe it's quarterback risk for a receiver, whatever the case might be. Do you recommend going all for high upside guys and thinking one or two will do it for you each week and you'll have a great team? Or do you have a couple of safer guys and a couple of high upside guys?
1: Well, I'm going to go typically with a balanced approach. But if you were to tell me, hey, Joe, you're going into this draft and I'm going to put a restriction on you and the restriction were to be you have to draft either all high floor guys or high ceiling guys, I'm going with the ceiling guys in best ball. Um, Let's make a comparison here. Two guys who are going kind of around each other in ADP are uh Jarvis Landry of of Cleveland and and Hollywood Brown of the Ravens. In best ball, I'm taking Hollywood Brown ten times out of ten because I think those five, six weeks where he could pop off and go for 150 yards and a touchdown receiving Those are going to be more valuable than Jarvis Landry catching me six for 70 every single week. So I am going with the guy who has the higher ceiling in regards to that. Um, If I'm just comparing them, uh, if I'm just comparing them one to one now, maybe, maybe I'm somebody who, oh boy, I've drafted Josh Allen at quarterback and I have Hollywood Brown and I drafted JK Dobbins in the fifth round because he must might not be useful at the beginning of the season, but I think he'll be a league winner at the end of the season. And I drafted Miles Sanders in the first round, and we know what Doug Peterson does, but we know he's going to have these huge weeks. Then maybe I'm going to be more into, in the middle rounds, drafting a Jarvis Landry or a Tyler Boyd or a Julian Edelman just to kind of balance out my team and give myself a little bit uh, of a cushion there, somebody that I can rely on being in my lineup every week. But there is no utility whatsoever to finishing sixth in a 12-team best ball league. Um, there's uh, – only, only in certain formats where only the top half payout is that useful. And you might run into those formats. So there is – on best ball tens, there is a format where essentially it's like a double up in, in DFS. The top half get paid and then the bottom half just are out of the money and it doesn't matter if you finish first or sixth. That's kind of – there is that format where you can go for a little bit more floor, but in most instances – you are shooting for the top of the league in your best balls. And finishing sixth, finishing seventh, it doesn't matter. You know, there is no, oh, let me sneak into the playoffs and see what happens. That's a valid strategy in season long. That's not really the valid strategy in best ball. You want to win. So if you want to win, you got to go with some of those high upside guys. So I would much prefer going with some of the high variance guys that you that you know in week seven. It might be a pain in a season-long league to decide whether to play Hollywood Brown because two games ago he went for seven catches for 165 yards and two touchdowns, but last week he caught one pass for 13 yards. I understand that can be a problem, but in best ball, that problem is removed for you. The, 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 the mind-bending is removed for you. So I'm always going to focus on higher upside guys in best ball.
0: So um, that's a really good point. Uh, and I think most people, you'd like to think intuitively, they understand that. What about, Joe, draft order? Okay. What about when you take certain positions? Does it differ at all from season long?
1: It does for me. And now, this year in season long, I'm already beginning to see – I think this is going to be the most old school looking season long kind of draft uh, average draft board that we've seen in a long time. And when I say old school, I mean, back in the day, very often teams started with two running backs and then they started to pick up other positions. It was the most important position by far back in the day. Obviously, things have changed in the NFL recently with the with the proliferation of the passing game. But the reason I think. Zero RB is a really hard strategy to pull off this year in particular, and it is even harder to pull off in best ball. And in best ball, I am very, very, very uh, – I, I, let, let me rephrase. I lean very much to going running back early in best balls, and there will be times you'll see me get into the fifth or even sixth round before I draft a wide receiver in best ball. And I'm just going to tell you why. First and foremost – Guys like Hollywood Brown that I was just talking about, a Christian Kirk, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, guys like that who sometimes, you know, they might have games of two catches for 30 yards, but also those games of six for 170, six for 120, seven for 110, those games where they pop off in best ball number two and number three receivers who aren't necessarily target hounds in the way we look at a Michael Thomas or a Devonte Adams, those guys are valuable because you get all the upside of those guys and none of the downside because those guys can be on your bench when they don't go off. And hopefully you have somebody you picked up in the later rounds who is going to be picking up the slack for you. So number two and number three receivers Uh, who aren't necessarily big alpha dogs, are much more valuable in best ball than they are in season long. So that's why I really like to draft running backs early. I love starting with three running backs or maybe two running backs and a tight end, or maybe two running backs, a wide receiver, and then two more running backs. Like That's the way I really like to draft. And there's another simple reason why for that. The zero RB uh, theorem, Which, by the way, I have used to success in the past. Um, it, 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 it's, it's a valid strategy. One of the large aspects of that, or at least it was for me, is the ability to work the waiver wire. The ability to say, man, this guy that none of us heard about at the beginning of the season, he is viable. He, he's, he's putting up numbers. He's going to be a league winner. Th- that doesn't exist in best ball in in May drafts 2 years ago nobody was drafting Philip Lindsay nobody was drafting him that and the reason was he was an undrafted free agent Nobody figured the Denver had just drafted a running back in the third round in Royce Freeman. So everybody's drafted Royce Freeman. Nobody cares about Philip Lindsay. And then all of a sudden we're getting to August and September. This guy Lindsay's in the preseason, he's blowing up. September, he's getting carries. After week one, everybody's running out there and picking him up. You don't have that luxury in best ball. You don't have the luxury to say, you know what? I'm loaded at wide receiver. I'll let the waiver wire come to me, and I'll be really aggressive trying to pick up every running back who might matter on the waiver wire, and I'm going to build a championship team. It doesn't work like that in best ball. So the zero RB, it, it kind of gets handcuffed a little bit, to, to borrow another term. It kind of gets hamstrung. You really can't use that waiver wire to your advantage. You can't outsmart your league mates that way. So I really focus on getting my running backs early in best ball. I love those three, four, four running backs in the first six or seven rounds. And then the other thing that allows me to do, is If I draft the running back position aggressively, I think my league mates then have to draft it defensively. They have to start going out and drafting running backs, some, some guys that you don't necessarily love, two, three rounds before they should be going in the middle rounds of drafts. And when my league mates are doing that, I'm picking off the values at the wide receiver position. I'm picking off the values at the quarterback and the tight end position. Drafting running backs aggressively at the beginning of a best ball draft allows me to go and to aggressively draft in the later rounds. And that's the way I like to draft. I like to draft on the offensive rather than having to draft from behind. There is no worse feeling than saying, oh, my God, I really need a running back here. And I'm sitting there in the eighth round and and there's six picks until I pick. And you're just hoping that somebody doesn't draft the guy that you have your eye on. It's the worst feeling in a draft. And that's why I try to eliminate that feeling. I draft aggressively from the start with the running back position. There have been drafts in best balls where I draft five running backs in the first eight rounds. And then I don't draft one until the 16th because I I've gotten the guys I feel good about. And then I'll start to pick off values at the other positions.
0: Any other tips, Joe, that we're missing anything else that's best ball format specific that you feel like people really need to know you know, in, in season long, you'll have, like, the run on the quarterbacks at some point. And anything else that mm. is unique or special. You know, we shouldn't be doing this, by the way, because we're going to be doing these best ball drafts, you know, in a couple of days for the May 1. Then we'll do June and July. And everybody listening is trying to get it. So, we got, we'll have 10 people go against us, Joe, in all three, as long as they sign up at FantasyPoints.com and use the code FEAST. The winner gets a hundred bucks. Second place gets, I think, either ten dollars or a ten dollar credit. I'm not sure which one. Everybody else gets nothing. So maybe we should maybe we should have waited to do the, the uh, best ball tips until after we do these three best ball drafts. I got to tell you, I've done a few of these with Evan. I'm I'm like a best ball legend, yo. You don't even know.
1: All bro. right, okay. Like I'm, I I'm I've
0: won a few. I get like in the top three or four of most. Like, I don't know why, but um, I feel like best ball's my game. I, I'm not good at s- like lineup changes during the season because I'm busy, but I, I love the draft. I also love the format of the draft, Joe. Does that have any impact on anything?
1: Well, uh, what do you mean by the format of the draft?
0: I guess I mean like uh you gotta make your pick every you know you gotta you, you, have, you have four hours to email your pick, you know what I mean like you oh it's like not slow like draft i mean yeah like slow draft, I guess that doesn't really change anything,
1: not really for me um that's more that's more um impactful in dynasty when trades can happen to me um so not not really uh in in terms of the slow draft but um to circle back, you said some other some other tips um I use the I hope my mom's not listening. I use the pornography method when I'm drafting quarterbacks in Best Ball, and what I mean by that, it's 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 actually a lot more innocuous than it sounds. Um, you know the old adage, Ross, that, um, you know, uh, you know, pornography when you see it, you know it when you see it, um people ask me how I draft my quarterbacks. Uh, This is in general, but especially in best ball where I'm still kind of a mid to late round quarterback enthusiast. But there are occasions when I'll, when I'll dabble into my top three, top four, top five at my quarterback draft board. And I know how to do that when I'm sitting at the draft board and I'm just looking at it and I'm like, I already have my tight end. I've, I I really don't like the wide receivers or the running backs here. I have about seven wide receivers here that I tier similarly, and I could draft one of them, but he might be there in in the next round. Or if he's not there, somebody else is going to be there that I, that I view very similarly. I have projected the exact same. And then I go to the quarterback position and then, Oh, Dak Prescott or Kyler Murray sitting there. That's when I'll pull the trigger and I'll say, I'm going to go try to get an advantage at that position. I'm going to go say, all right, I don't like the running backs or the receivers on the board. I already have my tight end. I'm going to pull the trigger on a quarterback. So, yeah, I use the pornography method for that. You know it when you see it. When the draft board falls the way when you've done as many drafts as I have, that you know that going to get the advantage at the quarterback position is probably the right play. It's just kind of a gut thing there at the quarterback position. So that's another strategy I use when I'm drafting best ball.
0: Anything else that I missed Joe or that we should mention anything else that that jumps out at you or do you feel like we hit all the big ones.
1: So one thing you really want to do is you want to take a look at team depth charts and whether you do this, whether you do this mentally or whether you write it down or whether you do a study on it, you want to look at teams that have a narrow target uh, distribution. Uh, And what I mean by that is a few players who probably are going to dominate the targets on a team. And one thing I'd like to do is to get them both. So uh, we've talked a lot about Hollywood Brown on this podcast, who I think is a, I mean, he's like the poster boy for, for best ball this year. Probably should be going about two or three rounds earlier in best ball than he is in redraft. Look at the Baltimore Ravens. And you understand, that's a team that's going to run the football. But when they throw it, who's going to get the targets? It's going to be Hollywood Brown, and it's going to be Mark Andrews. I've had multiple teams thus far where I drafted both Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews. Because in my mind, that's like 40 45% of the targets on Baltimore. When Hollywood Brown has a big game, maybe Mark Andrews doesn't. But when Andrews has a big game... Maybe Hollywood doesn't, and I get all of that. And that's been kind of a way for me to offset the cost of Lamar Jackson, who obviously has his own special skill set. But if I load up on his targets, then maybe I'm going to get the advantage uh, of of really getting all of those big weeks. So team stacks are very important. It's not necessarily handcuffing, but if you get two wide receivers, for instance, drafting the number two and the number three wide receiver from the same team – I think that's a viable strategy. Uh, In Philadelphia, I have stacked Jalen Rager and Deshaun Jackson multiple times because I feel like I'm going to get a hit out of those two guys. So if you aren't 100% sure who the number one receiver is on a team or maybe the number one receiver is super expensive, focus on stacking teams because that's a good way to make sure you're going to get targets no matter what. Even if you think a guy like Hollywood Brown is inconsistent, if you have both him and Mark Andrews, chances are when Hollywood doesn't have a big game, Mark Andrews is going to have one. Same thing with a cheaper stack like I just mentioned with Deshaun Jackson and Jalen Rager in Philadelphia. Well, Rager's a rookie. I'm not sure. Can Deshaun stay healthy? I think drafting both of those guys can really give you a super high upside player at the wide receiver position. So there are other stacks like that, but team stacks are really important in best ball.
0: Man, I'm so pumped for this best ball, Joe. I am going to dominate. And then maybe I'll go directly to bet online and just dominate everything they have over there. Online casino, poker, blackjack, the daily Madden simulations. Maybe I'll bet on NASCAR. I'm going to pick the red car. The red car looks fast. I don't know. I just know this much. If you're dying to make a wager, if you're dying to place a bet, you can go to Bet Online. They're your online wagering solution from your mobile device, desktop, laptop, whatever. Just make sure you use the promo code podcast1 for that sign up bonus, the glorious sign up bonus. Speaking of glorious, how about tomorrow with Greg Cosell? We dive into defensive personnel groupings. They don't get as much love or attention. As the offensive personnel groupings. But we can get into a little defensive personnel groupings tomorrow. Tomorrow with Greg Cosell on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. We'll talk about, because there are a lot more defensive personnel groupings, I think, than people realize. So, very much looking forward to that. Uh, Other than that, I'm pretty stuffed. That was a meaty best ball 101 best ball tips from Joe Dolan. Hopefully a lot more of you. Maybe some of you don't even know that much about best ball. Now you do. Maybe a lot more of you will try to get on the. Fantasypoints.com giveaway. To get in the best ball 10. Against me and Joe next week. Just send me the email. Ross at RossTucker.com. Just make sure you use the code feast. All caps. I think we are done here.